on today's episode. They told me the UK was a tropical island, so I wanted to experience that in warm weather. I remember getting into a bus in Sheffield and somebody called me Good Morning Love. And I thought, oh my God, you know, they really like me. I might start taking some salsa lessons, but I realized that salsa is not the same salsa in the UK than in Mexico, that's for sure. I'm David Bevis, and you're listening to Mexico Over the Wall, a podcast about Mexico from the other side. First off, thanks to Maggie Roberts, Zoe Fruitcake, Cathy Lulion, and Sarah Olivier for rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. It really helps people find the show when you do that. So remember, you can review us on Apple Podcasts if you have an iOS device or iTunes by going to mexicooverthewall.com slash apple, or you can reverse on Stitcher by going to mexicooverthewall.com slash stitcher. So, my next guest is Mexican and lives in the UK. In fact, she actually sent me to Mexico in the first place over 20 years ago. I'll let her introduce herself. So, my name is Marina Larios and what I do is I run my own business called Innova Consultancy. And what does your business do? So the business is divided into two areas. One is about working with European-funded projects to promote equal opportunities and diversity. So we have different programs like something called Mompreneurs to help moms that just had um, that have young children to set up businesses, and also things called like Migrapreneurs helping migrants setting up businesses. So anything that has to do with helping groups that might be facing more challenges. And the other part of the business is we help. Uh, young people and mature people from Latin America to come over and study in the UK or in the Netherlands and Ireland as well. And uh, how has the uh, pandemic affected your different businesses? I think it has affected everybody that I work with. Uh, with regard to the European Commission projects, we have to deliver face-to-face. So all our training has, has stopped, but we went online and we started delivering as much as we can, which was, I think, a really good thing uh, to embrace technologies. Now, because we work with European partners and they had events, we could not just fly and go to their training. But now because they're delivering it online, I'm able to access more of their training. So from that perspective, it has been good. But other kind of training, like theater training, you cannot do it online. So that has stopped completely, which is, which is a shame. But hopefully it will start again in the autumn. Other, other activities is that a lot of our projects have been uh, delayed now for, for many months, so we won't be able to finish on time, so that the European Commission understands that. And with regard to our international students, I think uh, a lot of the British universities are saying that they're going to start delivering online only, not face-to-face. So I think we will have to see and wait what will happen, and uh, it could be a benefit Having um, studied in the UK, I think if you have online delivery, then you don't pay for all the accommodation and subsistence, which is extremely high. And then afterwards, maybe you can come and then it will be cheaper afterwards. So we'll have to wait and see what will be the impact of uh, online delivery. I think Cambridge just announced yesterday 
that they will have online delivery until 2021. So I think that that will have a huge impact for all international students, right? And uh, whereabouts in the UK are you? We are in Sheffield, that is very near Manchester. So if you look at the map in the UK, we're kind of the belly button. (laughs) And how did you end up there? Because um, they told me the UK was a tropical island, so I wanted to experience uh, the warm weather. Um, I came to study at at the university something called semiotics, which I really wanted to do in terms of uh, communication studies. So I came and studied here and afterwards found a job at the university. And afterwards also found who is my current husband, uh, who is from the Netherlands. And then uh, we decided to stay in neutral territory, which is very good for war purposes, not the Netherlands, not Mexico. And after a couple of um, years, I continued studying other masters at the university. I think that's a great advantage of being in, uh, in, in a place where lifelong learning is so embraced. And then decided to set up Innova, which anniversary will be next year, I think 20 years. What did you find difficult to adapt to when you when you first uh, got to the UK? Um, I think the accent. Um, I remember getting into a bus in Sheffield and somebody called me Good Morning Love. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, they really like me without understanding that the love and the duck and all of that was so so normal here in, in the north so it would have been nice to know although it was good for my self-esteem as you can imagine I felt like everybody really loved me uh, and sometimes the accent was difficult however when you are an international student it's so much easier to adapt right because we, you are with other international students uh, so they're all experiencing the same you know being homesick or not understanding how to buy a tv license so, and the university gives you a lot of support. I think it would be different if you're like just, uh, you know, uh, somebody working and moving to a new country and starting from scratch. I think that, w- that I'm sure would be harder. So for me, it was just really minor things. Um, now, the educational system is different in the UK than in Mexico. In Mexico, we have, when we go to university, we have a lot of lectures. We think that a good teacher is the, that one that speaks at you for many hours. The more hours you have with the teachers, it's, it's, it's good. And the system in the UK is very different because you do not have so many face-to-face lectures. You have a lot of self-study. So that was a big thing for me to adapt because I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm paying so much and I'm not having so many face-to-face lectures. And soon, very soon, I I realized that that was really good because then it was about debating and, and, and reading and understanding more about what you were studying. Uh, and I think working with so many international students, mainly from Latin America, I think that is the main shock they have. Our educational system is, is quite different and we need yeah. to, we need to uh, adapt. But I do think looking at our Mexican students that we have been bringing them for more than 20 years, we do quite well in the UK. You know, when I look at how um, they, they tend to be like the president of the Latin American society or leading on certain classrooms. So I think we must have been in Mexico a huge, a huge uh, DNA for flexibility and adaptability. What things do you miss about Mexico? So many things. My family, obviously. Uh, but obviously with technology, it's, it's so much easier right now than when I came 20 years ago when I had to send a letter. And it will never get there because I realized the postman loved my postcards and will never get them there. So I can imagine a postman with so many lads, you know, so many things about the UK decorating 
decorating his or her wall. Um, but now with technology, it's so much easier. And the food. Wow. I really miss the, the food and the weather and the Latin, Latin spirit of just enjoying yourself and not having to make an appointment to go and see a friend, but just knocking on the door, which is not so much a UK thing, right? That you can just say, I'm going to go to a cinema. Can you come? You know, you have to make an appointment. So I miss that spontaneity, I think, of, of Latin culture. Um, but once I had, I remember somebody interviewed me in Sheffield from a newspaper, and I think it's true. I think I have the best of both cultures, right? So I still can go back and, and eat my enfrijoladas and enchiladitas, and then uh, come back and then being able to keep on studying and being able to travel around Europe and meet so many other cultures. So you have both things, and wherever you go, you just have to really stress the good things. What things do you like about living in the UK? The weather. <laughs> I think uh, I love people being so um, responsible and accountable and, and reliable. I think working, I, I have just to obviously generalize, not everybody is like that, but overall I, I can find that it's quite nice to, to work with people that you know you can count on them and they, 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 they have strong values. I really like that. Um, the culture behind it about arts and museums and, you know, everything that I, I really like, you know, you just go to London and you see some amazing things that you can access for free. I think that is a really important point for free. So it's accessible to everybody. And I also love that there's not a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, depending on where you are born, which is very much in Mexico. You know, if you come from a certain specific family, then you can go to private school and to uni. And here, what I love about the UK is that it doesn't matter if your mom is a cleaner or your dad is an electrician and you don't have money, you will go to uni if you want to. So I really love that equality much more. Of course, it's not perfect. And that's why my work is about equal opportunities. It's not perfect, but I, I like the accessibility and the widening participation of um, certain groups. And I love British humor. <laughs> I think it is so, so dry and I just love it. It just, I, I really like British humor. Although I know when you arrive to a new culture and maybe you, you must have seen that, uh, David, as well for you in Mexico, humor, it has to do with cultural connotations where you were brought up. So there are a lot of things you don't understand because they refer to certain TV programs of your childhood that you just do not know what they're laughing about. So that is really hard because even though you have been here for 20 years, there's so many things they talk about programs when they were teenagers and I was not here. So I miss that part of the humor. But once, you know, you you just stay here longer, you understand the, the, the sarcasm. I think I just really think it's really funny, British humor. You need to get it. Yeah, I've tried sarcasm here and it doesn't work. No, 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 it doesn't, isn't it? People think I'm speaking literally. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so, so subtle. And I think people, because they do it, they, they say it really seriously, like this dry humor. I love it. I just, just, just love it. They just have to really understand that, like you said, it's something you need to get to, to know. And I think my British friends are very international, so they have lived abroad. So they are very um, open-minded. So it all depends who you hang out with. And who you attract because you have the same um, the same values. Um, so I think it is interesting that that and even our neighbors they're always you know so 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 lovely and people have this this impression that you know uh, British people are very um, 
maybe not as open as Latin American societies, but might take longer. But, you know, when you knock on the door of someone, they will be willing to help you. And I think that's important. What do you do in your free time? Well, when you run your own business, you don't have a lot of self of, of free time. That's for sure. Because I do have to do a lot of traveling. So in my free time, when I do traveling, I love being in those other cities, like in Italy and escaping to different museums and having, you know, like uh, experience of tasting different wines. So when I, when I travel a lot, I have, and, and the meeting has finished, I use that free time to really get to know the culture, which is something that with COVID I cannot do, which I, 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 I miss a lot, definitely. Uh, but here in the UK, what I do is I like playing tennis. I go um, to Sumba, which is really fun uh, because it's, it's really a cultural experience, right? Uh, doing, doing salsa. And I might start taking some salsa lessons, but I realized that salsa is not the same salsa in the UK than in Mexico, that's for sure. But I thought I knew salsa, but I do not know salsa. Here it's just turning like crazy. And, and I just, my steps are not the steps they have here. So when you say I'm Mexican learning salsa, people laugh and they ask you, why would you learn? Because it's not the salsa we know. It's not. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, to, to learn. But sometimes when you know something and you have to unlearn it, right, and try new things, it's harder. Because my salsa steps are not salsa steps, which I really, really, really find uh, interesting. And uh, because we have as well a son, so of course it's very much about in my free time. Helping, helping him with his lectures or the school and going to football matches, uh, which I am really fond of it because I, although I'm not understand football 100%, I really like the spirit of the parents. You know, they're so competitive. They could kill each other for, for the kid to perform. But I think, I think uh, the, the football team that Vincent belongs to is a really nice community. So football, very important in the UK, of course, like in Mexico. And I think the community around football of parents and the coaches is really, really nice. I, I think I have, I have greatly uh, enjoyed that. And another thing is I spend tons of time on WhatsApp and Zoom and all of that speaking to my family. I just realized that when you, probably that must happen to you as well, David, when you are abroad, you tend to speak more to your parents than when you were in Mexico. So a lot of our international students, and when I see their parents, I go like, oh, senora, you must miss, you know, Laurita. And they go like, no, she just rings me five times a day, you know? Like, I think there's something when you're away, you feel more Mexican, you feel more British, right, when you're away. And that, and that sense of identity makes you to get so much more close to those people that are far away from you because you, you understand more your, more your roots. Uh, so it's interesting to know that it's not only me, but all these international students speak so much more to their parents and to their and to their aunties and grandpas than ever before. Because it would be quite weird, right, in Mexico City, being in the university and sending a video to your parents, go like, "Look, mommy, look, the university it would not be cool, right?" Uh, so they wake up and then they walk with the WhatsApp showing in the video the the you know the setting of the uh, of the British university they're in. Uh, they they show the the sheep and the plants and everything you will not do when you are in Mexico City. Can you imagine stuck in the traffic? Look, mommy, the traffic. So I think they 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 are really close to each other. Technology has meant that um, they're really apart from of course the physical contact that now we cannot even have um, has really made a big difference for international people all over the world, all over the world to be connected even more. 
Yeah. Um, what What have you learned from your your time in the UK? Um, I think I have learned that there's no better way of challenging your own paradigms about who you are and the way you were brought up than being abroad. Because what you knew or you thought that was the truth can be dismantled in one second. So when you see people talking about different things, you thought that was that was the way it was. That's it. That's how you do it. Things the way you do it, right? You just kiss or you hug or uh, you say thank you for everything. Then you start realizing that are just paradigms and that they are so, so, it's so good to be challenged because it really makes you think, is it really a strong value because you can defend it or, or maybe it was not. It was acquired because my father told me that's the way it was. So a lot of the programs I do for, for migrants and for integration is very much about the best thing about the best university and the best school is to be abroad and to learn more about yourself and to reinvent yourself. Because, you know, you can arrive to a country and say, instead of David, you can call yourself Paul. Who will know? Who will know? Paul the archaeologist. Who will know, David, that you're not Paul the archaeologist, you know? So I think it is great because you, nobody knows you. So you can really start from scratch and it can be a very creative experience. So, uh I didn't do that though. I still call myself Marina from when I arrived. But I think it it's really, really good. I'm able to see better, more cultures from different angles, less judgmental. Of course, it's impossible not to be freely of, of, of uh, free of judgment. But I think I can understand more when people say certain things because I work with people from Sweden and Iceland and Italy and and people that are not living in their own countries, a lot of migrants, people from Albania living in, I don't know, in Austria, and people from Austria living in Spain. And I think that people that have moved around the world for different circumstances, they got married, they fell in love, or they went to study, have a much more open mind about the world and themselves. And I think it should be for children, like kind of compulsory for one year in primary, you know, I mean, they're very young, but at least maybe in secondary school, to go to live abroad at least for six months to to be, you, I think you, they, they will come back and they will appreciate the parents so much more, you know, and the things that you have uh, back home. So, yes, I think that, that it's a lifelong learning a journey. Now, also work in equality and that has to do with gender studies. And I realized that being a woman in Mexico or being a woman in the UK and in Europe is very different. So that my story would have been completely different if I would have stayed in um, in Mexico. Uh, I know I know that for sure because the context is different. So I I really and a lot of the things I do is about female empowerment, and I do know that, for example, in the UK, the Fawcett Society that looks after equality said that it will take in the UK 110 years for both for men and women to earn the same thing for for the same job. I can imagine in other countries might take 300 years, right? But uh, that shows that, of course, I have learned that I'm very lucky to have been born when I was born. You know, when that when I work with women from very traditional backgrounds where gender equality is non-existent, I just realize how lucky I am. Uh, you don't choose where you're born, right? That it would have been a very different a very different story. Like that film of Sliding Doors, remember, when she walks into the metro and then she jumps into the metro and then it's another story. I think my life would have been very different if I would have stayed back home. Or not. Maybe I would have turned to be the president of Mexico. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Story would have been different. But certainly I think there are much more challenges 
uh, being in Mexico, especially if you're a mother as well, because there's not a lot about, you know, part-time jobs, managerial mm-hmm. positions. And I think a lot of, lot of what I've seen, a lot of talented women who studied degrees and had experience, work experience, then they have children and it's so hard for them to go back unless they're going to go back full time uh, because these part-time or flexible working hours or compressed weeks, they, I, I don't think they're very popular in, in Mexico, right? No. So maybe we need to start a program about that. <laughs> Okay, and what advice could you give to somebody who's thinking of uh, going to live in the UK? Um, to be open to new ideas, to try new things, you know, like if you have not done, you know, salsa in the UK, just do, do it or going to hiking or rock climbing. Try all those things you have never tried before. Um, I was in my in my mid-20s when I came to the UK and I wish I could have done much more, right? You know, if I would go back in time, I would definitely enroll into many more activities uh, because that is what what will make you and, and, and will help you understand what you love and things that maybe you haven't discovered from yourself. And something that I was shocked, and I don't know if it happened to you, David, but when I arrived in the UK and then I was an international student and I went to the canteen the first day to have my lunch, I realized that the Spaniards were sitting together, the Dutch were sitting together, the Germans were sitting together, and of course, I was the only Mexican, so the Spaniards kind of adopted me. But I was thinking, no, you know, I came all over from them from Mexico, not to be with Spaniards. I want to be with international people, you know. I want to be with a Spaniard and a Swedish and a British all sitting together. And I found out that that is something that we love, our comfort, and that throughout my my university masters, I could see that that was that's the norm, you know the Dutch hanging out with the Dutch, and and I think that is such a such a pity. Always try to avoid it and, and move around different groups. Uh, but I can see it with international teams as well. That when we're working, we're working internationally. But when it's time to go to the pub, the Spaniards sit together and the Swedish sit together, and I'm like, no, don't do that, don't do that. You you are colleagues. You speak to each other all the time. So I think the advice is to really really get to know other. People. And, and move away from that comfort of, of just hanging out with somebody that speaks your language or knows about you know, Latinos. And, and I can see that it is, uh, in 20 years, I thought that would change because, you know, we're talking about 21st century and people would be much more open, especially if they're coming from another country. But I haven't seen any difference of, of people moving away. <laughs> from their comfort zone, even coming from so far away. You see Chinese always hanging out with Chinese, Japanese. They, they, it's hard to mix, even British people mixing with international students, you know, the same thing, and it's, it's, it's the, the same situation. So I always try to to move that and then to try to make a difference. It's hard, I think, that uh, must be something about us enjoying having a, a cervecita speaking in Spanish. Maybe it doesn't taste the same at Corona when you're speaking in English. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> no, no. Well, for, for, in my case, I, I kind of uh, avoided my community and, and tried to, to, to fit in with the Mexican community. So I'm only just beginning to, to find Brits in Mexico, really. Um. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, well, after all, that's good. That, there you love. But, but it is, I think it is nice. You know, I have my Mexican friends that I often you know, see at events, um, or I introduce them to other, to other events. But 
But yeah, I think it is something as, as human beings, we love our comfort and we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to feel uncomfortable and go into a situation. But, you know, when you are setting up a business, I don't think I would have ever been able to set up a business without the experience of arriving to a new country, not knowing anyone. You know, I lost everything you can know in Maslow Pyramid, right? You don't even know how to turn on a kettle. I mean, the most basic things. What's a TV license, right? Survival. And and that really helps you with problem solving. Understand that, you know, the, the person that is in your uh, student residence, you know, the... Um, the porter is your major stakeholder. That's the person you need to team up because he knows everything. And he was the one, his name was Paul, who taught me about the, you know, Netto and all the cheap places to go to when you were a student that I would have never known how to save two, two coins if I would go to the laundrette, what to do to get out the other coins. So I had pay, I had I didn't have to pay a lot. That are the stakeholders that you get to know in life. And uh, because, of course, I got as well as student loans. So I, 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 I had a lot of challenges when I arrived and I had to find a job, et cetera. But that is what made me really an entrepreneur, I think. Having to find things with not a lot of resources, having to ask people. And I remember walking one day and, and hearing inside the church a choir. So I, I, I went in and they, they asked me if I would like to join the choir and I Terrible singer, right? But I was so lonely because I had just arrived and I went like, okay. And that choir, the great thing about the choir is at the end of the choir, they will give you biscuits and tea for free. And because I was so hungry at that point, I just loved it. And when they realized I was a little bit hungry, then they started introducing sandwiches. But, you know, it was those kind of things that you realize you just have to be so resourceful. Of course, I realized that my singing career was not going to be with them. So they, I, of course, I was in the choir really at the back. And basically, sometimes I would just open my mouth not to interrupt that beautiful singing. But I got to know them as a community and they were really, really helpful. And those ones that helped you with the car, moving to another place and finding, you know, finding different things. So I, I do believe that, you know, in the UK we have benefits. So when when you don't have, as you know, a job or you're unemployed, you, you can get some contribution from the government. But in Latin America, we do not know that what what is that, right? We do not know that that exists. And that's why I think we're very entrepreneurial because you just have to do something about it. So I think the great thing about coming to the UK with not a lot of resources made me uh, really decide to set up Innova because by the time I decided to set up Innova, I thought, what can go wrong? I mean, I have left my country, my family, my friends, everything, like my food, my dog, everything I knew. And now setting up a business, it's not a big thing because I already know a lot of the things in the country i just need to set up a business so i think that's why migrants and, and the program that we set up called migrapreneurs i think we we need to think that we have already a lot of uh, entrepreneurial skills to set up lots of new adventures isn't it the need i think they the opportun- opportunities are there for for those ones who who have had that experience of problem solving So I was talking there to Marina Larios, who lives in Sheffield. Over the course of this series, I'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in Mexico. If you live in Mexico and would like to take part, please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com. 
Please support the podcast by giving us a review, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com slash apple for Apple Podcasts, slash Stitcher for Stitcher, or leave us a review via your favourite podcast provider. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews. Go to patreon.com slash mexicooverthewall for more details. That's it for this episode. Hope you liked it. See you next time.